This is The Culture. What's going on, guys? We are back for another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. And this week we are talking about Sophia, Sophia Coppola's Priscilla. Sorry, Sophia. I'm so sorry for that intro. <laughs> um, but basically, we are talking about the movie that she has just released. It is about Priscilla Presley. It is about Elvis, Elvis Presley. And this is based on Priscilla Presley's own book, Elvis and Me. And this follows a intimate period piece based on their two lives together, a lot of their home life, a lot of their relationship, and really goes in deep of some of the inner workings of what was going on at home behind his persona and his appearance to the public eye. So we're going to dive in, dive in <coughs> right to it. So um, Liz, over to you. <laughs> yes. What a great intro. I was um, probably the worst intro I've ever made ever. <laughs> okay. Well, getting right into it. Um, I My first stake is I love Priscilla. I'm a huge Sofia Coppola fan. I've been for a little while now, a couple of years. Um, I think her first film I ever saw was probably Lost in Translation. And that is still one of my favorites. Um, but I thought Priscilla was beautiful. I the production was incredible. Um, I mean, Kaylee Spaney is getting a ton of credit for it right now for her performance, and a lot of eyes are kind of on her. And now I know why her performance was just breathtaking and a very different choice than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more commercialized, but she really kept it human. Um, and made Priscilla just kind of a, like a regular young girl who all of a sudden gets swept up in this life of Hollywood and like fame. And how is she surviving it when she actually loves this person? Um, and they clearly love their like fame a little bit more. Um, but I thought it was really great. I thought, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of the front runner right now for me. I think there's one other film that I've seen that it's on the same level as this year. But so far, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. What about you, Zach? What do you think? First thoughts? Yeah, first thoughts. Um, <clears throat> immediately when the teaser came out, I was really invested in what Coppola was trying to do with mm -hmm. the approach to the period and Priscilla's, um, you know, her change of her persona just around this huge force that is Elvis and yeah. the Americana that comes with him. And he is such a staple to everything that we know about that period. And, and he is really encapsulating that period and what it means to be a man, to be a um, uh, dynamic performer. And his, his whole aura at that time was so magnetic for so many people. It's always interesting to wonder what it was like at home. And that's what they really focused on was how his, um, his, his relationship with Priscilla ultimately changed her and it evolved her, mm -hmm. matured her rapidly throughout the film. Yeah. And I think that Coppola was a great fit for this to work on this project. And I think when you're talking about a woman like Priscilla Presley and she has her own memoir about it. It's a really good piece to give into um, not only informing, but, but educating people on what it was like to be a woman of that time mm -hmm. period and then attached to somebody as big as Elvis. Yeah, no, I think um, I agree with what you're saying. I also think that this is one of the first pieces of at least art 
that I've seen attached to Elvis that highlights their mm. age difference. Mm. I feel like a lot of people didn't know how young I she was. When she, I didn't know yeah. it until it uh, was kind of like foreshadowed in like the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know going in how they were going to handle that. Like, was it just going to be their younger selves and focusing on how they first met? Or if I even thought maybe as it transitioned into like them getting older and then after having like a kid together, um, were they going to change out the actress and have Kaylee Spaney be played by somebody a little bit older looking? Because I mean, going from that age range of like 14 to I don't know. I think our mid twenties or early thirties. Yeah, Yeah. probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a big age gap to do and have it be done well. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know about you, but I was blown away by the transition that they did of making Mm, her look younger to older. I mean, in the beginning they have her wearing these kind of like baby doll dresses, making her look um much younger than Kaylee probably actually is. Um and then the thing that I loved is they didn't do a hard change of like 14 and now we're 30. They did it like, okay, we're 14. Now we're like 18. Yeah. Now we're like 25. Yeah. And it was just really beautifully done how they did that through not only Kaylee's um, like performance and her energy that she was giving of maturing, but through the costume, makeup, hair. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, it was beautiful and it looked like it was actually done to a T and they really took inspiration from pictures of her and said, like, we're going to get this done right. We're not going to kind of botch uh, Priscilla's image. We're going to make it like an homage to her. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with how Sophia has such an understanding of women characters in her mm-hmm. movies. I mean, she has a decorator resume, Lost in Translation, Virgin Suicides, Marie Antoinette. She's a big longtime collaborator with Kirsten Dunst too. Yeah. So they have a great relationship together and what it means to just tell real stories about women and and especially with this being a true story rooted in its memoirs, they figured out a way to elevate um her maturity and her coming of age when it wasn't overbearing Mm -hmm. so it was it was a lot of that through wardrobe through her environment through her relationship um throughout the film she starts to kind of dig her feet in and become more independent yeah and she realizes she has to break out of certain parts of their relationship and go on her own and um i think this was just such a great um opportunity for coppola to excel in this field there i feel like there were very few women directors and directors in general that could tell this story Mm -hmm. the way that she did and it proved to be a very entertaining and complex watch yeah it's a good she made it almost a character study Mm -hmm. as well with spanny in the role yeah i think um coppola at least from when I've seen all of her films, I think she just loves to hone in on that like melancholy youth feeling Mm -hmm. of like transporting her audience back into their own minds of like, Ooh, when I was younger, especially like female audience, like when I was watching her like paint her nails, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like laying on my stomach, like kicking my feet back and forth. Like what a vibe that was growing up. Um, and so I, I just loved that in the beginning, she really leaned into the youthfulness of Priscilla and let her be a younger version of herself and not trying to force, um, 
just really show that she was she was a young girl when they met. Yeah. And not transition it into like, oh, she was young, but like mature for her age. It was like, no, she was still a young girl who was like hard eyes in love with Elvis and was kind of getting swept away with the romance and love story of it all that she wasn't aware. And I mean, nobody would be at that age aware of what she was actually getting herself into by uh, partnering up and marrying somebody who was this big in the public eye. Um, I also think Coppola is, probably has like a little bit of a connection to that story of growing up and yeah. being in the public eye, which again, I yeah. think somebody, anybody else could have done a good job on this script, but I just don't think they would have handled it so delicately like she did because she probably has that strong connection to the story. Mm. Um, yeah. And like I said, she just does a really nice job of having that undertone of melancholy and kind of loneliness in all of her films. Yeah. That I think was needed to tell this story because that's kind of the overall theme throughout is just Priscilla fighting to not feel lonely mm -hmm. when really there are people all around them at all times, but she just feels alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially in some of the scenes that they are like locked <clears throat> in their bedroom and she's clearly just stuck in the house by herself. Like she's not able to talk to people. They tell her like, oh, don't go near the fence. Like you're putting on a show for people. Yeah. I think it was a really interesting uh just insight onto sometimes it's it's super lonely for these people that have all the eyes on them yeah and i think that's um like what she was trying to do there was with with at least isolating priscilla mm -hmm. from the public eye like you were kind of saying of just how once she kind of gave herself over to elvis and was okay with giving herself up and oh, yeah i want to be with you she didn't realize the um, things that would come with that yeah. and being so isolated and being so cut off from her own personal choices at that point because now the the biggest theme I think of the movie for her was now whatever you do is doing it in Elvis's eyes mm. or or mm -hmm. under Elvis's magnifying glass of you know you have to be understanding that people will, per will perceive you as a bad person if it's bad for Elvis or yeah. if it's bad for his image. so Or bad for his own taste. Because yeah. I feel like this also showed that he made a lot of choices on how she dressed, how she looked, yeah. her hair. So it was like make a good impression for Elvis's uh, image, but also for Elvis's like interest also. Make sure yeah. that he's interested in you. Right. It was manipulation with... Okay, you're Elvis's girl now. Mm -hmm. It's not your Priscilla. It's your Elvis's girl. Yeah. You are a commodity to the public eye, to Elvis himself at points. And I think that it was really interesting that Coppola decided to start it off as this budding romantic gesture. He, he starts as an officer and he's like, you know, uh, sir, can I court your daughter? I would love to talk with her more. So it starts off very formal and very prince charming in a way mm -hmm. and then he is elvis presley so who was to say no at that point in time and then once she gives himself over to him it it begins nice but then it starts to dive into you know there is more to this than meets the eye yeah. i need to kind of diminish myself to be elvis's uh, commodity and elvis's supporting role mm -hmm. in his um public persona so i think that was that was great and then um 
I, I just think that there's with the abuse too, it was really interesting just just what it told to us like with i can't imagine being in that that limelight of with elvis presley and then having to Absolutely be not. yeah it, w- it would just be so hard to imagine myself in those shoes of my image and how to conduct myself and then also letting my husband kind of do his own thing at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you're kind of just you have to accept that at yeah. that point in time so the coppola does that really well she literally most of the film priscilla is alone in graceland or Mm -hmm. she's alone with her friends she's and then when she is with elvis it's usually through the lens of other people are watching whether Mm -hmm. it's his band or his family and then when they are alone he can't even give himself up to her completely as a man and or just a husband or anyone in general of just i like i need to be here for her in this moment you know yeah no it's always her sitting there seeing what he needs seeing like okay what can i do for you now that you're home um yeah but back to coppola's direction of i mean i don't know if it's how the book was i didn't read i haven't read the book but i'm assuming um it starts off very much like uh infatuated with each other and like it's just a budding romance but then also from a director point of view that's so needed because you need your audience to care not just about one of the characters but both of them because if you are if it's going to be a romance story if you right off the bat have one of the people be kind of like not likable then everyone's going to be like oh like break up like get over this but i mean priscilla and elvis they're so iconic they're like one yeah. of the iconic love stories too so i think coppola really needed to kind of like rope in her audience of rooting for them almost in a way or maybe not rooting but at least having like that like like giddy young love giddiness feeling of like oh like yeah i hope it works out for them and then all of a sudden you start to see the things unraveling in front of your eyes as well as priscilla's eyes of oh my god wait maybe this isn't such a love story after all yeah um and another great thing about coppola's direction is she totally could have made this over dramatic and really gone from a budding romance to a dark abuse story. And I don't think she did that at all. I think she really kept to the source material and made it a very uh, fine line of like letting the audience walk away and deciding how they want to, what they want to take away from Elvis's story. Essentially. Uh, She wasn't saying like Elvis was an abuser. She was more just saying this is what Priscilla came out with in her story. Now you get to walk away as the audience member having just watched it and say how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there was just so much to unpack in the movie. And there's so many layers to the performance, to just how she kind of set up the story, what she chose to include in the story Mm -hmm. and focus on. And then how do we dramatically tell this and emphasize that this is about not a romance, but a love, but a loneliness love story and how it it evolved into a, um, a spiral of, I, I can't accept this anymore and this isn't good for me. And I know that he is the biggest entertainer on the planet, but it's okay for me to stand up for myself Mm -hmm. and it's okay for me to break off from that, even though everything else is telling me not to. So I think that is really compelling and 
Coppola's work and she does a great job even in like Lost in Translation that movie is hinging on this potential romance that's about to happen mm -hmm. but it chooses to not do that yeah and it chooses I was reading about others uh reviews on it and just their thoughts on that movie and how it's it's a lot about how they have this bond together and figuring out their themselves through each other mm -hmm. and their self-reflection and they feel so lost from both of their identities that they have this really deep emotion for each other mm -hmm. and they find themselves through that but it's not necessarily romantic so coppola is a very experienced director in navigating these gray area relationships yeah. i guess of it doesn't always have to be these really jubilant and like my heart is bursting for these people in a yeah. romance like that's also just not how romance works she gives a very realistic take on stuff and then with this it's like you're a rock star mm -hmm. he has such a huge ego he has such a um energy to him that that she just can't be attached to it anymore and she realizes it's just not good for her so there's there's just so much to unpack with i this know movie. well but, so yeah. but uh, this is a total side note but you mm. saw past lives right yes yeah. I feel like Lost in Translation and Past Lives have like the same very close, very same yeah. vibe ish. Past Lives is a little bit more like romantic mm -hmm. in my mind, but I feel like they have the same undertones. Yes. Um. But anyways, uh, yeah. So Coppola, I feel uh that she, uh, I I also think she's just over. She's not gonna do one of those big blockbuster, no. the biggest and best script ever. I feel like all of her films, she's searching for like a feeling. Yes. Or she's just trying to shed light on a life without, uh, like it's not for everybody. Some people yeah. don't love her films. Some people have said that they find them a little dull, that she doesn't make big choices <clears throat> on characters that she leaves everything in like that wishy-washy area. But I just think that's a great take because sometimes your audience doesn't want to be beaten over the head with like what your opinion is. Sometimes they just want to see something beautiful and walk away and be able to talk it amongst themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people like these cookie cutter, straightforward narratives. Oh yeah. Some people love it. Some people want to be yeah. like spoon fed, but then I think there's a very small group, which I think is growing of people that like to see something and then walk away feeling one way because then it makes them want to go watch it again to be like, ooh, but did I actually get that or did yeah. I miss some things? Yeah, and I, th I think a lot of her movies go over people's heads sometimes mm -hmm. with just how she explores these human emotions and stuff yeah. and it doesn't have to always make sense to us the first time i actually read some Forever. comments yeah exactly <laughs> might never make sense i read some comments and some people were like it actually made more sense after the third viewing mm -hmm. like talking about lost in translation at least um and they kept watching it but they realized that she's exploring some part of our emotions yeah that is not stereotypical to people when they watch romantic movies yeah so i respect her for that and i i would like a little bit more of a challenge going into some of these movies and she does that really well because if we're just getting a straightforward and past lives is the same as this if we're just getting a straightforward you know i can't i can't love you at this point in time and yeah like, oh well i get the girl at the end and then like that's it We've seen that before. So it's what can we do something, what, what can we do with something new that she can offer? And 
Virgin Suicides is another great example. Yeah, oh my God. You're not expecting half of that film to happen. No. So, And I think a yeah. lot of it comes from also Coppola. I'm pretty sure I've read this somewhere. I don't remember where. It was a while ago that she said she was like, I find it hard to wrap up endings because like life doesn't end and all these stories are about real people and their story. And it's not just like, oh, the film's done. So that's that's it, everybody. Wrap it up. She's like, there's so much more to do. And so to end a film, it's not ending that person's story. It's just ending this moment that we're in cap and captivating. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I mean, I think like sometimes endings are like the hardest thing if you're trying to show a real nuanced piece of art. If you're doing a typical story, then yeah, you know when to end because it's like, okay, the good people won or the guy or the girl and the guy got together now. And so finish it. And I think all of her films end not really beautifully bow tied. And so some people don't love it, but you know what? I do. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's not necessarily for everyone and that's okay um i i think this movie can be for mm -hmm. everyone though if they really perk their ears up a little bit and understand that this is not going to be a relationship that they're used to or yeah. they're going to discover things that they didn't know about elvis and priscilla yeah like if you're a huge elvis fan mm -hmm. you're going to go in kind of like wait a little bias what's yeah. what's happening and yeah. like why are we Especially if you loved the other Elvis movie. I feel like you're going to go into this and be like, mm -hmm. what? He didn't do that. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Not enough Tom Hanks in this movie. Oh, right? <laughs> God, Jesus. I know. Well, that's another. No, big, we'll um, get into that. But we're okay, gonna get I, into do the... I do have a question for you. Yes. Do you think that um, obviously Kaylee Spaney, incredible performance. Do mm. you think this film would have done as well if her performance wasn't so good because like we've talked about like carving that story of like going from youth to adult having these intimate moments of like loneliness where she's <clears throat> just sitting by herself i feel like that's not really necessarily coppola is directing it's more of spaney's performance yeah or I do you think it's like goes hand in hand good director great performance like mesh together i think it's i think it's both okay. and i think because um Coppola is definitely setting the stage for how how is this woman going to be perceived and how what was she like at home? So I think with Spaney, she actually shows a maturity throughout the film and she her performance is so good that you do feel like she's entrapped mm -hmm. in this situation, which she is to a point, not literally in jail, but she can she has a choice to leave, but she understands what some of the consequences might be or standing up for herself and you can identify with her ability to feel isolated at points and then other points it gets extreme and these are some other points are unrelatable because it's it's with elvis but mm -hmm. it's also that you know a lot of people know what it's like to not reach a partner or to um have problems with just what uh, what your partner thinks of you or what you think of them and then just how the public might perceive you or like friends and family might perceive you or what is the right move to do in these situations and i, I think she really brought a lot of empathetic elements into this as well as building on everything that priscilla wrote and i think the direction also enhanced that because it 
built an environment for her to flourish in and for her to mature in the midst of a toxic environment. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I also think, I mean, it was just such a complex performance, honestly. Mm-hmm. There was so much happening while like nothing was happening. Um, and as her first <clears throat> big like leading role, yeah, I was just blown away by it. I thought she brought so much to the table that a lot of people maybe weren't expecting for her. I think people were more prepared of like, okay, like she's going to do like a first leading role. Let's like, she'll have some good emotional arcs, but let's see what happens. And I think that she just was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But then I also think Coppola is so great at just directing young female actors that she just has been Coppola. I feel like has been training her whole life just to be like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. Like, let's get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, I think Kaylee Spaney, I think she's going to be nominated. I don't know if, she, I don't know if she'll win. I hope, I hope she gets nominated. Definitely. I think she definitely will. Yeah. Um, I, I, she's definitely in the running for winners. I don't, I, like you said, I don't know if she's going to win necessarily. I, I have to see a few other films first yeah. that I've been hearing, but I think this is definitely going to get her a nom. Um, I mean, she won Best Actress Award at Venice Film Festival for this. Huge. Right yeah. off the bat. So, I mean, that. That award alone, too, I think made a lot of people come and start looking at this film. I think in the beginning it was like, oh, another Coppola film. All right. Some people will love it. Some people won't. But once that award got announced, I think people were like, yeah. oh, Everyone okay. was like, okay, there's a lot more buzz behind mm-hmm. this than just the story. And a lot of people were like... It's it's also it's also kind of with the times, too, about how there, there were these very big male entertaining entertainers and um that did were not everything that meets the eye and Mm -hmm. a lot of them have had bad pasts and bad personalities with women in their lives especially from that era the 60s and the 70s and you know hollywood also the same thing so when this plot was dropped i know a lot of people were probably thinking oh is this going to be another situation where it's just it's just oh it's very straightforward and yeah like another biopic yeah like, and what, also yeah. are they just gonna dramatically paint elvis as a bad guy completely well, yeah, or, which yeah. i don't think it was really i think it was just very complex and um i'm gonna talk about more of elvis's performance in a bit but just how it was complex and there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of duality involved with we all love Elvis as the entertainer, but there is also parts of his personality we don't agree with and condone. Yeah. So I think that is what they explore. And it's not a disservice to Elvis's personality or his charisma or his his um his image necessarily. I just think that there's layers of Elvis that should be analyzed as well mm-hmm. as his music and his his legacy. So yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think um, something that I'm seeing in the notes that you put is that she didn't listen to any Elvis music to get into yeah. character. Yeah, I, I found that in part of her interview um, that she didn't use Elvis music and she rather just watched a lot of movies and other 60s period music mm-hmm. to get into the era more so. I get that. the character. Which I agree. I mean, she doesn't need to listen to any Elvis's yeah. music because she's not getting into that men- like. I highly doubt Priscilla was like playing uh, yeah. Elvis music when she's home alone waiting yes. for him to come home. Yeah. And it's ha- like half abusive half yeah. the time. She's not 
feeling adoration over No, she's somebody. also like mad because he here he brought her over to like live with him, but then he was MIA and on tour half the time. Mm-hmm. But then he also wouldn't let her get a job. He wouldn't let her go places mm-hmm. because she was attached to his image and he didn't want her putting out the wrong image. But like here she is this young girl trying to figure out her life. Yeah. Um under like his shadow. Right. So I, 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 it was just a very complex performance from her. And yeah. I thought it was like, I, I would rewatch it again just to see little things that I missed. Yeah. I, I also found in, in her interview that she was basically recommended by Kirsten Dunst, who is the longtime collaborator with Sofia Coppola. Yeah, so they cool. are always working together. And for Kirsten Dunst to see her work in um, Alex Garland's Civil War, she mm-hmm. said that she loved that movie. She saw Spanny in that, mm-hmm. and she recommended her and referred her to Coppola. And I mean, just to get your hat in the the running for this role and for that director, absolutely sends you into the stratosphere mm-hmm. as an actor. And then for it to be your first leading role performance on top of that, I mean, what better? foundation to build a performance on that you have a masterwork of Coppola and a good script and a good story, Mm -hmm. but then also the notoriety of Elvis as well. That being said, I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure that comes with that. Oh my God. I can't even (laughs) imagine the pressure. The one thing that I do think coming from an acting point of view is that um, because like you could say that Priscilla isn't necessarily the leading role in like the world of Elvis. So she could like lean into that of like, okay, this isn't about me. It's about Elvis. And then really it's just Coppola putting the camera on Spaney at the end of the day, like Mm -hmm. mentally she's not, she's not like, uh, so like we can talk about like Austin Butler's performance of Elvis. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little bit more intense because you also have to be the showman and like, put on the performance of Elvis while Spaney, it was just more of that pressure of delivering an honest performance while somebody else is playing Elvis, like the charismatic person. And she just needs to be honest to Priscilla's story. She doesn't need to show and make everybody think that she, because I feel like when you're doing a biopic, it can often be like, Ooh, do they remind you of that person? And like, do they sell it as that person? And nobody yeah. was like, she doesn't look like Priscilla because yeah. who cares if she actually looks like her or not? Right. I mean, I do think she looks like her, similar to like the hair and makeup, but actually, I, I don't physically not so much. Not but so yes, much. yeah. But I think that pressure was really off of her in this film, which mm-hmm. is great because yeah. it wasn't about how do you embody her? Do you? Oh, are your hands looking like her? Because I think some actors get so caught up in the physicality of embodying that A person biopic, yeah. that they care less about giving an honest opinion to mm-hmm. that person's emotional storyline. Absolutely. And so I think she really focused less on the physicality and was like, I'm going to be real to what Priscilla was feeling and also what she probably would feel in those situations. I think she was really good at articulating that voice of hers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm assuming she went into the book a little bit. I I think there was more of that in the interview I didn't really Mm -hmm. touch on, but um, using that as a stepping stone and a starting point for her to develop Priscilla's voice. Cause I I think it's like what you were talking about is if i don't physically embody the character like the the person in real life i might as well articulate what they're trying to say in these moments to the best of my ability and then also trusting in the director to do that as well Mm -hmm. if that's what they're going for marie antoinette 
is not a movie that might be historically accurate in every way, but it gives a a voice in its approach and it gives a style through it. Yeah. As and I think there are I haven't seen the movie, so I don't want to speak to it as much as you it's might. Great movie. You yeah. should go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> My impression is is that um they use Marie Antoinette as like a vessel to articulate certain themes mm -hmm. and messages. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um which I guess kind of leads us into the Elvis performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um tell first thoughts, Zach. Did you like did you I like loved him? it. Did, okay. Great. I loved it. Okay. So I'm also going to go on a bold take, which I think... A bold take? What do we yes. got? What okay, do we got okay. going? So DJ loves Austin Butler's performance, right? Yes, he does. I thought that Jacob dwarfed him dramatically mm. with this because I, I thought okay. that his... Okay. It's not the same Elvis, which is, which is nice. So there's almost a way that you can't compare the two, but... You also have to because I think that Austin Butler was this very explosive, charismatic entertainer, performer. You know, how is his personality evolving with his ego and and how is the image being shown throughout periods of his life? This one was so intimate mm -hmm. and holistic and it was about his toxicity rippling onto Priscilla and how he was selfish and egotistical. Meanwhile, it was very subtle. You know, it was it, his diction was like his Elvis accent was crazy. Un, I mean, he's in Australia. I know and he's, he's doing a perfect. Because well, I feel like Austin yeah. Butler. I mean, so much was talked about with him and his uh like the dialect that he did for yeah elvis and how like i guess for like two years what butler ended up getting stuck in that voice because he did it for so long which <laughs> yeah. like i'll be honest like from an acting point of view that's just ridiculous I it's agree. so yeah. over the top like mm -hmm. you should be able to turn it on and off and if yes. you're sitting in it for that long like bruh did you hear about um the difference between the two of them of of how they <laughs> so so how uh jacob lordy was like i never even heard of elvis until i saw lilo and stick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is insane and then you it's have crazy. austin butler doing a month-long um deep dive like on every character study method, yeah all of it and jacob's like yeah and he's I saw like, Lilo yeah. And Stitch. yeah, I saw Lilo and Stitch, and that's like the first time that I ever heard of him. Although he did come out and say that he's probably listened to every spoken recorded word of Elvis. Very and cool. that's how he said he was like, I've just he's like, I just would listen to interviews like on repeat over and over again and then stare at myself in the mirror and like try to like get the vibe that he yeah. gives. Um, I will also say that there felt like with Jacob's performance it never felt like an impression and i felt like mm -hmm. with austin butler's performance there were moments where it bled through and it was very like las vegas elvis where yeah he was, he was like yeah. oh no yeah baby. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> wait one more time <laughs> no 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 oh, yeah, oh. but that was kind of what <laughs> Well, so I, I'm okay, not in the so, running for Elvis anytime so soon. So I will say, though, Austin <laughs> Butler did an incredible performance. It was just a different take because I think um, Alordi's character or take on Elvis was much more of the 
Because let's think about it. Okay, Elvis is like this huge like phenomenon, care, celebrity, huge. He definitely puts on a facade when he was on stage performing versus mm. when he was off stage. Like there's no way that he had the same personality or vibe going on. And so I think Jacob took the take of like, okay, let's do it when Elvis isn't trying to be Elvis. It's yes. when he's finally able to relax and like, or not relax, but like his home life. Yeah. yeah. Like mm -hmm. be a normal person kind of. Yeah. Um, and I think that he leaned into that really well. Yeah. Rather than I mean, Butler did an incredible job of attacking like the enormity of yes. Elvis. Right. But it was the brand almost. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Rather than the person. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I think just because it was so intimate, it gives it gives that look into I also just like how they really never went on tour with Elvis. The only time he's really getting cameras flashed on him is when they're together. Going like, together. Yeah. And yeah. they're in a casino, but it's nothing crazy. And mm -mm. it's nothing like I'm on tour and I'm seeing crowds of people. Even the crowd that there's a shot of him on stage in his signature white costume mm -hmm. and the crowd is dark yeah. because it's literally just about him and their relationship with yeah. Priscilla. So it's, it's really like, that's that goes to Coppola's direction too. Is it? It, it takes away. It strips the crowd atmosphere away mm -hmm. of Elvis, and it's like this is just about you and me now. At the end of the day, so I need you to respect that. And then he comes home from his tours. He's not treating her correctly. Mm -hmm. He's having affairs. There's a lot of his ego at play, and I think it it just became that his ego was so big that it just he began to push her off in negative ways literally calls her little one and treating her like that. That was very sharp dialogue that cut the deepest, I mm -hmm. think. And she really surprised a lot of people by like just inserting that at the right time. She did. Yeah. I think uh, it was, it's just so good how Coppola like brought in the toxic dynamics yeah. without making it a story about a toxic relationship. Yes. Like that wasn't what she was going for is teaching the audience on like, okay, these are signs of a toxic relationship. It's like, okay, no, we all know what that is. How did it affect actually Priscilla and Elvis? And so one mm. of the things that I first started picking up on it was when she introduced them both taking like pills. Yeah. And she wasn't all of a sudden making this about like anti-drugs or like, oh, this is what led to his downfall. It was just kind of like, this is why how they started taking them together and mm -hmm. like how it was brought in. And also not pinning them like against each other of like, well, Elvis was doing it and Priscilla wasn't. Like it showed like, no, Priscilla was partaking in it too because they were just told that they needed to take these. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, it's just not like a topic anymore because priscilla was like i think we need to like get rid of them i think like yeah. the pills are a problem and right. then that was the end of that conversation which i love because it's not like sofia coppola isn't dragging out these storylines to make them like a big thing she's yeah. like pills were a problem priscilla said maybe we should stop taking these yeah that's what happened yeah it's it's more of a personal relationship yeah it's kind of like okay we've had a discussion like this is how it happens in normal you would think yeah I mean, it's like, not like know. these like then she goes on a can yeah. like it's not these big she goes grand and gets in a gestures. car accident yeah, and has like, an overdose crazy and, things. yeah and, and then it's also i mean it's very true to how it happened i like to imagine at least but mm -hmm. um that the same thing with like the books that he's reading yeah and they're really, i didn't know any of that i didn't know that either and i couldn't even gather everything that he was mm -hmm. reading but what he was talking about was so 
uh, interesting to him enough to the point where it was another part yeah. that was affecting her. And yeah. she was, kind of, but she was also, she didn't have a voice in that necessarily, even though she was like, we have to get rid of these. Mm-hmm. The only person that gets through to him is his manager, the Colonel. Yeah. He's like, I want Tom you to get Hanks. rid of those. Yeah. He's through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he's, uh, he, he goes, Oh yeah. The Colonel's that I should get rid of these. And mm-hmm. she's like, I've been She's telling like, you. Finally. That. Yeah. Thank, I've been telling thanks, you. That. Thanks for the colonel. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the um, acknowledgement, Elvis. Yeah. But again, a great, I think it was a great screenplay because, again, they could have gone down that rabbit hole of like showing Elvis when he's getting involved in these books. Cause I feel like that's not something that's talked about often. So then all of a sudden they could have, like, this could have easily been a two and a half hour long yes. movie if they started going deep diving into these side storylines. But I think they just did a really nice job of being like, no, this is just a little kernel that we're giving you guys. But at the end of the day, we're going to curve back into the actual relationship and not tell the story of Elvis. We're telling the story of Priscilla and her life is connected to Elvis and just how they how she was at home. Yeah, I think it's about when those little things were happening, the books, the pills. It's about like Elvis also being a repeat offender mm-hmm. and how he's selfish and not considering her feelings. So it's about the effects of that on her yeah. psychology and how that's going to make somebody feel over time if he just can't answer to that. And and he's so dismissive of her at points. And then same thing with women in his life. He has the affair with Anne Margaret and then he is at a book reading again with a group of girls and he's deliberately flirting in front of mm-hmm. Priscilla and his other band members right in front of her. Yeah. And and it's it's another case where she's like, how many times is this going to happen for me to give up or mm-hmm. to stay here? Because I can't get through to him on his medicine, his psychology with his reading, his, literally his affairs. So... What am I here for at this point? I have mm-hmm. to find my own identity that this man doesn't respect me for who yeah. I am. So that was a lot of it. And I think, like you said, it could have delved down a rabbit hole. It could have been a movie just about his affairs. Yeah, and it, and her yeah. spiraling from it. Mm-hmm. But then I also think like Priscilla is a super inspirational person because rather than letting his, those affairs totally make her spiral and go into dark places she just kind of at a certain point was like okay like he's just gonna have affair after affair and i'm just gonna go live my life then and i'm gonna take care of our children and go do what i need to do rather than waiting for him to show me attention yeah yeah i agree um there was one interesting quote that i did find from his uh, Elvis's daughter lisa marie presley yeah i've heard some like like some things that she did isn't super happy she was and she passed away before the film came out yeah so but before she passed away she had very strong opinions about the movie and there was a quote from her saying um about the movie my father only comes across as a predator and manipulative as his daughter i don't read this and see any of my father in this character. I don't read this and see my mother's perspective of my father. I read this and see your shockingly vengeful and contemptuous perspective, and I don't understand why. And that was what she wrote to Coppola in an email. Mm. And Coppola's response was that, I hope when you see the final film, you will feel differently and understand I'm taking great care and honoring your mother while also presenting your father with sensitivity and complexity. Great response, mm-hmm. I think. I do too. I think there's a lot that, I mean, it's it's also your father, 
in the limelight. Yeah. I get I get it. I get the defensiveness and protecting his image and his legacy, but there is a sense of Elvis that needs to be talked about. And that's yeah. what Coppola is trying to emphasize mm-hmm. with this movie. So I also feel like if it's talked in the book. Yes, like, I agree. It's in if it's in the book. If your mom it's direct, put it out there for the yes. world to see, then it, it's although I will say, as somebody that like reads books versus sees films, films can be a lot heavier to digest sometimes yeah. than reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're visually seeing it happen in front of you and it can just be a little bit more uh just visceral to take versus reading it. Yeah. You can I, kind of glaze over and be like, eh, I'm gonna skip this page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and to hear it directly too in the book, I'm I'm sure it didn't make her feel good. No. But it is something that needs to be talked about, mm-hmm. I think. And if you're making a movie about their relationship, you have to be honest in that sense too. You can't just be dismissive to that. Yeah. huge void that was left with Priscilla of not getting the attention, not getting the affection, not getting respect. I yeah. mean, this is this is her her life at mm-hmm. the end of the day and I think that yes, he he was a great performer, great entertainer. He did a lot for music and everything there, but there is a lot of duality behind his complexities and mm-hmm. um like Coppola says, presenting your father with sensitivity and complexity. And I I don't think that she's trying to say, I'm going to make him out to be a bad person, but there are bad, bad things about him. Yeah. I also think not as a biopic, like as an actual just storyline for like a regular film, if we're leading up to her leaving him at the end, like we need to see what those reasons are, you know, just as a regular plot point. Like why do what causes somebody to leave a relationship? Yeah. There has to be like solid points in order to get somebody there. And I think if they didn't highlight these moments, it would have made no sense on like, okay, why is Priscilla leaving him? Like he's so amazing. He's everything right. that uh, the public eye loves. And then all of a sudden it would turn Priscilla into like the bad person for leaving her relationship. To go off of that, I think if you had her shown leaving like if you were to cross over the austin butler version and this and she just left she would have been she's the villain well it is kind of yeah. though in the austin butler one uh they they're in that car together when he's like struggling right isn't there a i scene? honestly can't remember that scene, i'm pretty so. sure there's a scene where <laughs> yeah. he is like very involved in drugs at this point he's very overweight and he's sitting in the car with her and she's like about to leave and like there, I think she was wearing like sunglasses. Who I don't even know who who played Priscilla in this film. It was definitely not a big part. No, as, but I think they're in the yeah. car together, and it's like her being like, "I'm leaving. Take care of yourself. Like we're going somewhere." It seemed else. like when that movie, it was more deriving from his drug use and rather and his, than his unhinged behavior. Is, yeah, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't how he was actually abusive no it was just that she was sick of dealing with um like drugs his behavior and, yeah. and everything and his addictions and oh this yeah. girl olivia dijonet i want to say dijonet dijonet she's from oh the visit is where i know her from mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah she was like a random, a random she was she, yeah she did good um, even though you don't remember the scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the scene. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like 
it would have been like I feel like people could turn this to totally be like Priscilla left him like he's like why would she do that she knew what she was getting into in the beginning yeah and, but again she's very victim group, this girl yeah. is 14 years old she doesn't know what the hell she's doing no like she's just hard eyed and like oh my god Elvis yes yeah exactly and, and then as she got older and started to see what was happening and I also feel like the change really at least for me, they emphasized it that it was the moment that they had a child together that she was like, "Oh my gosh, I am, yeah. I can't help this man. I cannot help you." That, would, yeah. that was, and that was another, another point. I think there's like, kind of how you're, how you were saying with the structure of certain scenes where it just cuts off mm -hmm. and that's the end of that conversation. Then another one comes up. So that was another <clears throat> big final factor for her. I think was when she is having a child that she's not necessarily ready for. And then she wants to, she's, she's pretty deep into her pregnancy. And then he's, he's like, Oh, you know, I'm thinking of leaving you. We need time away from each oh other. And gosh. she's like, she's like, what, what I, do you see me yeah. right now? Well, yeah. And I think that was the moment that I was talking about before when she just was like, I, I, he's going to cheat on me and I yeah. can't do anything about it. And when he was like, I think that like, you like we're, we need space you need to leave and she just said i think she said uh just tell me when to go and walked yeah. out and then he was like wait no like, wait a minute wait a minute so, no he's like hold on baby <laughs> hold on he's like wait a minute so and yeah, i think then, i do i think that was the change for her of like it's not about me anymore and it's not about you it's now about this child yeah. that i don't know how to bring this kid into the world but i'm gonna do it anyways so if you want to cheat go cheat yeah I'm going to at least try and raise my, my kid yeah. the best I can. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a great message. Um, but yeah, same thing. A lot of factors that just compound over time and she just gets sick of it. Yeah. So another thing that really worked for us in this film was the production value of the piece. So immersive. I mean, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. They recreated the sixties. They recreated Graceland just, how we are living in this environment with mm -hmm. Elvis and Priscilla. I thought they did a fantastic job with that. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I mean, just the opening like shots of her walking on like the carpet. Yeah. I was like, let's go. This is so good. Um, I, I just think Coppola does a really great job of capturing like feminine youth. And especially yeah. in her shots. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know anybody else that it makes them look so fun and make you kind of think back on your own childhood of like, oh my God, like you're right. It is, it gives you like that nostalgic melancholy feeling kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought there was, you know, she's also, the design is really important to the film too, because it's, it's so mystic and mm -hmm. fantastical at points in the beginning yeah. where she's coming into this, this is the hugest entertainer on on the planet and he's now my boyfriend and mm -hmm. i get to be in his world so she's immersed in this really um castle like uh, arena and yeah. environment and she goes to graceland she sees how beautiful his home is she sees you know the people that sh that he hangs out with and she's touring with him or mm -hmm. not touring with him but she's at least visiting places with him and, and seeing how luxurious he lives so any girl at 14 or anyone who's a fan of Elvis is going to be swooned over and just, oh, this is great. Yeah. I can't imagine anything else. And then as 
the story progresses and as her maturity progresses, she just kind of descends into a little bit of muted tones with even the color yep. of the movie. Mm -hmm. There's the bedroom I was reading about was a little bit darker and yeah. and little mysterious because you know what really happens in the bedroom mm -hmm. with them and just the demeanor that he puts off as her as this is this is my domain yeah you know, this is this is my place i want you to know that um and very you're here because of me kind of yep and, and you don't get to go do things unless i say that it's okay yeah. for you to do it and same thing with the wardrobe too there was yeah. the one scene where he's picking out her outfits i know that was i was, was intense <laughs> i know yeah um i also think i mean it, it wasn't a huge budget i i'm pretty sure yeah yeah let's look up the budget real let's fast I, I i heard it was and i could be wrong they shot the movie in toronto um graceland <clears throat> while you're looking for the budget i'm just gonna go over it. Okay. but um graceland was recreated in a soundstage um in an interview with the production designer um she also went on to say that the ceilings of graceland were enhanced to accommodate for jacob ellardy's height <laughs> which i thought was really funny so they wanted to go period accurate but they also said in the interview that they took elements of graceland that spoke to us and that felt right for us and that felt right for priscilla's story and magnified those in a sense so we're we're not making a documentary and we allowed our poetic vision of priscilla's memories to be the guiding principle of the movie and you see that in a lot of pastel tones mm -hmm. you see that in a little bit of you know the nice cars the the, the tapestries like everything was period accurate but it wasn't this overbearing um gaudy yeah. like shiny elvis that yes. you envision the polished version yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so it looks like <clears throat> the budget was 20 million which is low nowadays it's low yeah. nowadays and especially for having to build a set that's actually pretty low and so i think one of the great that now that i'm like thinking back on all the um production i think sofia coppola did a great choice on keeping very tight shots yeah because she wasn't doing these huge like pans of like showing the home and showing the property instead she was showing just like kind of quick quick snippets and like close-ups i feel like they were always very close to everybody's face yeah. i mean you kind of have to do that with that height difference too you can't be doing these like whole body shots because yeah jacob <laughs> the size difference is yeah drastic. the size difference yeah. is crazy mm -hmm. um but i think they did a, a, just a nice job of working with that budget and making it seem like <clears throat> it looks like they had a higher budget yeah and i think because you have a lower budget when they're choosing to do an intimate piece at most of the home life mm -hmm. and not always the traveling the the crowds you know we don't have to make period streets like we don't have to make all these um huge colorful environments yeah. that that are the 60s it's really just the home life it's really just a few casinos intimate things that they could focus on and stylistically enhance the story so yeah. that was really good so like the elvis movie had an 85 million dollar budget okay so like wow i thought it would actually be north of 100 to Did be honest really? just more of what they had to accomplish with that there there's like three or four hundred scenes in that like, maybe i don't know I get, yeah true <laughs> just thinking about off the top of my head yeah but yeah one of my favorite shots now that i'm thinking about them is the wedding 
when and Priscilla, yeah, and Priscilla, yeah. Mm-hmm. when they're just like recreate. They, I, I just guarantee that they were all like, "Wow, I love this picture of them at their mm-hmm. wedding. Let's recreate this yeah. and like make it not story wise important, but aesthetically and yeah. like production wise. Let's just throw it in there." And they shot a little bit on film, mm-hmm. and they they made this very home video yep. style to to some of those things, especially the wedding. Um, I really like that. And everything just felt very naturalistic to the time period. But like we were saying, they they used elements to enhance the environment that she's in. Yeah. So, well, really appreciate that. Very good things to say about this. Is there <clears throat> anything that you were disliking or wish that they had talked about um, or shown? I think there's. I, overall, I think it was a great movie. I think that there was. A couple scenes that that were short, um, not like what we were talking about of issues, and then they they moved on to that. like more of this the presentation of the scene itself. Like mm. there was the one scene with the chair that he threw at the wall near her. Yeah, and they were recording or they were asking. He was asking her opinion of of a song. Yeah, he was like, and he just I hate all this music. I hate everything they're giving me. What do you yeah. think, Priscilla? And she's like, Yeah, it's not my favorite. And then he throws a chair yeah. at her, and it just ended. And I, I, it was so explosive. That was the only mm-hmm. moment of the film where he was so over the top, and you think he's gonna physically abuse her. That it did feel like it swept the rug out from under us mm-hmm. um, just at the end of the scene because it ended. Yeah, it so. ended very abruptly. Like, I almost wish that they had just shown her, like, I wish either one of them had walked out of the room. Like, did yeah. he storm out of the room or did she walk out slowly? Right. And, like, if he walked out, then she must have had a moment with the people that were actually in the room and saw that. Or if she walked out, like, did he get upset that she then stormed out? Like, right. I wish there there's more that they could have built it's on that. A little that. moment after, yeah. But I wonder if in the book it just ends with he threw a chair at me. Yeah, it, it could it be could, the case. It could be that. Yeah. So, but that wasn't like a make or break scene for no, me. No, but it's just definitely a, something that takes you out a little bit in the moment of being like, ooh, that was a, that was a hard, very hard cut. It was. Yeah. It was a little bit jarring for it to just end because it was such a huge moment. I thought it was gonna be one of the breaking points for her mm-hmm. where okay no I, you can't treat me like this yeah. i thought there was gonna be a major conversation after that um and then i think the, another th- scene i don't know if it's in the book so a lot of our knowledge of the book is up in the air but i think that his death at the end i wonder how that affected priscilla mm-hmm. or the end of his life and how what she was feeling through that whether it was total grief whether it was a little bit of confusion or a little bit of relief like Mm -hmm. i wonder obviously she's very sad that he passed away the way that he did but was there a sense of relief in Mm -hmm. her and and i don't know if that's in the book but if that was i don't know either maybe she just it's maybe she wants to keep some things private too yeah of like how she responded to that that's true um yeah, I'm I'm kind of the other way on the film. I kind of wish they gave a little bit more insight into her life before she met Elvis. Mm. I feel like she, right from the beginning, it was like she's meeting Elvis, everyone. She's getting invited to a party and he's going to be there. And I wish that we could have just seen a little bit more of her family life on how she was before she met him. But then also at the same time, she's only 14. So it's like, what are you going to show us of like right. a young girl kind of like 
having to go to school even though she doesn't want to like yeah i don't know what they would show us um but it could have been like a nice contrast just to see the full change that he actually uh yeah. like made on her life yeah um and then i also think it dips a little bit for me right before the ending there was a moment where it starts to get a little muddy um just kind of like uh, there was a moment where i was like okay so what what how how are we wrapping this up like is it going to be an overall like lesson or is it just going to be and that was the story everyone like i'm yeah. not giving you a grand ending i'm not giving you a, a happy ending i'm not giving you a sad one i'm just gonna end it and then so i feel like they kind of were getting lost for a second there because they kept wanting to show more facts that happened yeah rather than like there wasn't really any big arc it was yeah. just kind of just ended just just end like yeah. let's just just dropped off let's just end it let's yeah. get priscilla's leaving him yeah i and i think that's kind of what goes hand in hand with her other movies is it it just yeah, has it a is. sharp ending mm -hmm. yeah it so. is it, yeah i mean am i ha satisfied with the ending kind of because it was a very strong ending for priscilla's yeah. character of saying like she finally took control of her life um, I think the thing is though, I, I knew she was going to leave him. So I knew where we were going. Right. Yeah. And I wonder, and like, I feel like I didn't know this much about their lives until I watched the other Elvis movie. Okay. So I wonder if I would have appreciated this ending more if I hadn't just seen like a year ago, another film about their, his life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I think you wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. was two Elvis movies coming out this close. I mean, when I first saw this movie advertised, that was my first reaction. Yeah, like, like, why? We just saw an Elvis movie. Can we let it sit for a little bit? I don't know what the appeal is to just Elvis's stories, but this movie, I, I thought, definitely did a justice in, mm -hmm. in Priscilla's story, so I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, do, do you think it had an effect of having one right after the other? Um, I think a little bit for me, like I just said on the ending, mm -hmm. I, I think if I had not seen the other one, I wouldn't have really been aware of like how it ends for them. Like I wouldn't have known that they got divorced. I would have been kind of like, okay, I know he passes, he dies, but like, are they together still or like what's going on? And so I think it would have been a little bit more empowering to me watching her walk away from him. Um, and that's kind of what I was waiting for was like a shoe to drop. That was a surprising shooter drop almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, also production takes so long. So like, who knows? Maybe Priscilla, the Priscilla film was started before the Elvis film even started production. And then all of a sudden they got their editing done faster. I mean, there's so much that goes into the films. Like we don't know what happened, but um, I guarantee Coppola was probably like shit. <laughs> shit yeah. when she saw the other elvis movie coming out because i think that's what a lot of people were like why are we telling another elvis story yeah but i mean i prefer priscilla i was definitely glad yeah i also prefer i priscilla. prefer priscilla um i i think it it's also refreshing that it was from priscilla's perspective mm -hmm. some a lot of stuff that we didn't know yeah and then you know if we got another J like just Jacob Ellardy driving an Elvis movie 
immediately after Austin Butler's. It would have been it would have been so weird. Too repetitive, yeah, too repetitive. And then you're just constantly evaluating each other performances the mm-hmm. whole time. This one is obviously he doesn't have as much screen time as Butler. Yeah, but he utilizes every second he can mm-hmm. and in showing that other side of Elvis. So having it about Priscilla super refreshing i I, agree i I think it was great i agree i think um i mean it's hard to do these films about these huge like celebrity entities i mean i remember the like marilyn film from last year gosh got oh my god (laughs) got like a lot of heat because people were like why do we need to tell this story again like please let the woman's story just like rest yeah Um, and i think it does come into question of like why do we feel the need to just keep like reiterating these people's story yeah Yeah. and what because you think you're going to give a new spin to their lives and i actually am glad that finally it wasn't elvis's story being told it was somebody that's connected to him yeah yeah i agree and it gives you a deeper look into elvis and then the individuals around him so Mm -hmm. a lot about priscilla that we didn't we didn't know um but another one of your uh your notes i have here is that you you thought the middle section is way better than the beginning and the ending is that Uh, along with your other point well kind of okay so like in the way that i'm saying that is i feel like the beginning for me it was a little bit like they threw you in right away with the story but i was still kind of getting caught i was like okay yeah it was just a little fast paced i feel like while they could have told a little bit more of her backstory um and then i thought like the middle as in the actual story of like the vignettes kind of it almost was of like their moments i thought was just more interesting to watch yeah than like the dynamics between them yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i completely agree because the the nuanced um feeling of their relationship was so present and then you could feel like just how she was growing further apart from him over time and yeah that is the meat and potatoes of the movie yeah is the middle yeah which i feel like sometimes it's not that sometimes it's like oh what a great start and then the ending oh my god steam yeah Yeah. it loses steam Mm -hmm. and instead i feel like this story kind of was like it started off quick it like got you in and then it really was just like up down up down up down all the way and then like the last like five minutes for me i was kind of like are we wrapping up soon yeah, or like what yeah. what are where are we going with this and then it was like i'm leaving yeah and then the ending shot was really beautiful i, I liked the ending I liked shot it too. of her in the car mm-hmm. yeah i liked it too mm-hmm. and it, it like to go along with what you're saying about the the story structure it, it does feel like a memoir it mm-hmm. just goes one event to the next and some of them are more explosive than others yeah and more interesting than others and then it does end. So it does end like a novel. And I think a lot of a lot of moviegoers are might not be happy with that necessarily because it just a lot of like act ends. like yeah, uh, big big film people yeah. might or not big film, but I mean like blockbuster film people might be like, mm-hmm. oh, wasn't that entertaining? Yeah. Well, and I feel like they also do that with. Austin Butler's Elvis movie a little bit. Yeah. They they made a climax of that with his relationship with Tom Hanks yes. and him kind of standing up for himself, 
which is like it's it was okay mm -hmm. but i but think, that's probably not how it happened in real life like yeah, to a t and it wasn't as dramatic as i think they wanted it to be so this was kind of just here are the facts here are the events we're choosing to use these and then it ends yeah. and, and also obviously um priscilla had a life after she left elvis yeah but they chose to end it there so i thought that was kind of bittersweet and this was what living with elvis was like yep here is when i met him here's when i left him living with elvis so what a name <laughs> living with elvis. well the book elvis and me yeah yes. <laughs> so um do you have any other critiques before we do final scores i don't think so i think those are my i mean very small critiques um overall i think I, it's a great film i loved it it's so beautiful to watch and uh no i don't have any other critiques do you I don't I don't think so. I I thought the film was really good. I really can't find problems really with no, it. No, it's just more of yeah. things that like I wish this would have happened. Yeah, it was it was the entertainment factor of it and how um invested I was mm -hmm. at points. Like there were some points where it was uh I don't want to say slow. I just I just think it was you know. There's just a few moments where you're like what's the purpose of, of this scene? scene? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I can fully appreciate some scenes that don't have an actual purpose to them. It's more just to keep uh, like give you a vibe of like what's happening or like keep the the energy. But I think there were a few scenes towards the end that I was like, why? What is, what is this leading to? Like, yeah. Where are we going? Yeah, I think I think it doesn't have like we were talking about. It doesn't have that climactic. There's not a lot of momentum. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have mm -hmm. a momentum. It it has events that build layers to their relationship and to them individually. Yeah. So I, I think it's a pretty character driven piece for mm -hmm. that reason. So if you're going into it thinking that it has some dra drama really payoff yeah and, yeah it, it probably won't do that for you no. i think it's just always um observing their relationship from afar i think yeah. that's kind of what it uh boils down to so with that i'm gonna give this like an 8.5 out of 10 oh uh, wow that's lower yeah. than i thought you were gonna go zach lower that's lower yeah i, I i'm just trying to think like i don't yeah i thought it was a uh, because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm between nine, nine point five. Okay, yeah. it's one of my favorites. I think this yeah. is my third favorite of Coppola's. No, 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 of like all year. Oh, of the year. Of the okay, year. yeah, I would. I mean, I would definitely put this high. I'll do a nine point two. Nine point two. Mm -hmm. Um, <sighs> You're yeah, this isn't. This is my favorite <laughs> of the year because I saw all of us strangers and past lives. Uh, past that. Oh, you're right. Did it fall out of the three now? No, no, you're right. It's all of us strangers. I think past lives beat Priscilla a little bit for me. Sure. Um, that's a good one. Priscilla, and then Barbie, obviously. And Barbie. Barbie was Chef's kiss to me. All relationship movies. <laughs> this is good. I mean, Ken's <laughs> relationship is probably the best. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it was though honestly yeah. i loved his performance yes yeah i just mean compared to all the other <laughs> love stories listed but yeah so um so are you sticking with 8.5 i'll give it a nine i'll give it a nine give it a good score give it a, i'll change my letterbox review oh please do sometimes <laughs> i do that sometimes i come out yeah. and i'm like 
done. And then like yeah. a day later, I'm like, wait, why did I'm I like, give them that score? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then it, it sits with you for a little bit. Yep. And then you're like, no, it actually was good. Mm-hmm. And if I, I can't find issues with it. And sometimes you always compare it to others. And mm-hmm. then it's like, you can't really always do that yeah. unless it's a direct same story, I think. Mm-hmm. But, or sometimes you sit, you you get out of something and you're like, that was great. And then as you think about it, you're like, no, it, it, ah. you're like, wait, actually, there's things uh, that wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or everyone loves it. And you're like, that was Yeah. Everyone garbage. loves it. And you're like, oh, well, um, uh, yeah. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's that's kind of well at least we're on the same field with mm-hmm. this movie so that's kind I of i love priscilla everyone you should go see it it's in theaters now um it's also not that long of a runtime i think it's an hour 50 minutes so way better than um killers of the flower <laughs> moon runtime run yeah time <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's it's a very um safe pick to go to the theater yeah, it's for good. so it's fine it's a good time yeah but <laughs> That being said, I think we're going to sign off here and that'll do it for us on this episode of the Cinema Wave podcast, just covering Priscilla again. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. You be sure to subscribe to our Culture Wave Media Network page on YouTube, our Instagram you can follow. Cinema Wave Media is on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. So just be sure to follow those. Our handle is underneath. And I'm Zach Miller. I am Liz Tito. <laughs> I caught her by surprise again. You did. you did. And that's our outro. And I aced that one compared to our intro. So, all right. Bad. That's wrapping up. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time.